Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to the Big Fight Preview on BTR Boxing Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sean, joined by my compatriot, Johnston, for a Big Fight Preview of Virgil Ortiz Jr. versus Michael McKinson. That rescheduled bout from earlier this year. We was really looking forward to this fight, and we did the Big Fight Preview ahead of it, and then I think it was the day we released that episode, the fight got cancelled. Yeah. The fight got cancelled. I was gutted. You know, like we sit here and we sit here and record these episodes and we're like, right, let's get this out. Let's give our thoughts and opinions to people, see what they think about it. Boom, gets cancelled. And that is <laughs> that is boxing for you, isn't it, folks? That is how the world works sometimes in the sport of boxing. But the fight is happening. Hopefully there'll be no late pullouts. I'm excited for this fight. And the reason this actually turns out to be the title of the Big Fight Preview this week is, of course, because the Jake Paul Hassing Rackman fight and full card has been completely pulled. So we will talk about that a little bit later on in the episode. So this, for me, now turns out to be the biggest fight of the weekend. I am excited to see this, and I'm happy in a way that the Jake Paul Hassing Rackman fight and card has been cancelled because. If it wasn't, I think this fight would have ended up going under the radar because of that circus that surrounds Jake Paul and, and the whole fighting a legitimate boxer and everything that surrounds it. So I'm excited to talk about McKinson and, and Ortiz. You know, the fight that should have happened earlier this year, McKinson obviously stayed on the day and had a fight in America on that card. Wasn't his best performance, of course, but, you know, prior to that, you know, he'd been beating undefeated fighters. Like, the likes of the guys that he were fighting were all undefeated. The likes of Chris Congo, Martin Harkin, Luis Alberto Veron. You know, these were all 
undefeated fighters. And he comes onto the card, fights Alex Martin in March of this year, gets the decision, doesn't look fantastic in doing so, but he has this sort of style, as we've said before. Like, it's hard to predict how as the guy in the opposing corner, how you're going to be able to deal with that style until you actually get in the ring with him. And I think that's one of the things that I've taken away from watching Martin McKinson's career. Uh, I think Michael McKinson's career, sorry. I think he's because, you know, if you look at, like, the guys he's been in with, some of them are bigger than him. They've got better reach, better physical advantages over him. But he seems to negate all that with the style that he's got. But he's going in against a guy who's just on an absolute roll at the moment. A guy who, you know, we feel is going to be the potential successor in the welterweight division. Virgil Ortiz Jr., 18 wins, 18 knockouts. Every fight has been stopped. It's never gone the distance. So, you know, it puts this big, this big sort of exclamation mark, really, on, on Ortiz. And it puts this sort of dampener on on the chances that McKinson might have against him because you think to yourself well he's just stopping everybody he fights you know he's and he's fought some big names we mentioned it last time Samuel Vargas Maurice Hooker former world champion uh Kavalowskis, he stopped him in eight rounds as well so these are fantastic fantastic wins great experience for him and you think to yourself like well, why is he fighting McKinson at this stage? Because he is clearly ahead in terms of his experience and level of opposition. So why take a fight against McKinson? Well, I think McKinson is a dark horse in this fight. And I think the more I've, I've looked at McKinson, the more I've looked at Ortiz, I feel that this is going to be a fight that's either going to go one way or another in the sense that I think McKinson, possibly Johnston, possibly could cause a little bit of an up well more than a little bit of an upset an upset here i think he could cause an upset however you've got to look at what ortiz has done so far in his career he stopped everyone he's fought is he good enough to go through that again is he good enough to blast his way through mckinson or is mckinson going to be too much is he going to be too tricky for him is he going to be able to snatch a, a points victory what are your initial thoughts now a few months on from the original scheduled date about this fight when we discussed this before, um, you know, I didn't give uh, McKinson much hope, to be honest with you. I felt that Ortiz would eventually get to him. I thought McKinson would keep away um, and eventually Ortiz would get to him sort of in the middle of rounds um, because, it, you know, no matter what, McKinson's not going to have the power to keep him off. Um, so I felt that because Ortiz, you know, he'd been active, he was, he was, uh, you know, he, he had a great fight with Hooker. I really enjoyed that fight, and uh, and the Vargas fight, he's, he's proven himself that sort of in those middle rounds against guys that are have been and uh, arguably still are elite level, he's been able to still find a way to get that knockout. Uh, he throws a lot of punches. He doesn't, you know, he wastes punches because um, he wants to knock them out. So, you know, he throws a lot. Um, uh, the, the one thing is now, I mean, there's, there's a couple of factors for me. I think, first of all, obviously, the fact that he has he wasn't well and he got he pulled out and therefore, you know, I mean, what we're knocking on a year almost now, 12 months out of the ring, you know, he's going to be a bit ring rusty and, um, you know, has is he going to be too eager and really go for the knockout? I mean, he, he does that in a way and then, you, you do wonder if McKinson can then drag him into the later stages and he can keep away from him without being knocked out, then, um, you know, that's where the situation lies to where can McKinson then 
um, actually do anything. I mean, the fact is, is McKinson had his New York debut, or New York debut, so his American debut, I should say. And um, that was a great thing for him. You know, he goes to Los Angeles. He's able to fight Alex Martin, a guy who's also on the card. He gets familiar with his surroundings. And now, obviously, um, he's back in America. He gets that sort of off of his back where, you know, it's the first time fighting and he's not going to be that much overall. There might be certain elements in camp that he could tweak slightly that he didn't like what he did before. And, um, you know, maybe went out a little bit earlier to acclimatise himself. Who knows? I don't really know the ins and outs of what he's done. But there's going to be learning experiences from that first visit. So I think that gets him in good stead. I don't think he's going to be completely overawed by the fact that Ortiz is fighting Ortiz. Um, so there are elements that have switched my mind slightly in terms of the fact that I'll give Mick McKinson more of a chance. But I do believe, Sean, that he can't keep him off for 12 rounds. I just can't see that happening. Um, would we see a Jack Catterall situation? Possibly. I mean, Ortiz... Is there a problem with the weight situation? You know, that could be another issue. Um, can he stick at this weight? I think they're, they're the elements that are sort of twinking in, our, in my head. And it does ring bells in terms of the Josh taylor Catterall fight. Because there were a lot of questions we were asking ourselves going into that fight. when we felt that Taylor would just have enough. I still feel, and I will still side, that I believe that Ortiz will do it. But I think he does it a little bit later. It's an interesting take on, on, on the sort of elements that go into a fight from yourself because you're talking about the elements that were there before, but you know now, like you say, he's got that monkey off his back situation where he's now fought yeah. in America, so the the pressure of doing it in a, in, a, in another country is out of the way because you know he's done it, he's fought now, so McKinson's got the opportunity now to be a bit more relaxed, and I would imagine the pressure is probably not on him whatsoever, and it's more on Ortiz because he's the one with this hundred percent knockout ratio, he's the one with the hundred percent record. Michael McKinson, yeah, he's undefeated, you know, he's twenty two and oh, he's had he's had more time in the ring than what Ortiz had, but, you know, he's not fought the same level of opposition. So there's a lot of different elements to this fight. The biggest factor is, I think, is, is he outgrowing this weight, Virgil Ortiz? How big will he come in on the night of the fight? And will it play a factor in Michael McKinson trying to keep him off? And these were the points you were just making. And I think they're very valid because Michael McKinson's naturally... You know, he's a he's a smaller guy. You'd probably look at him and think he's probably more of a a, a super lightweight than a welterweight. I think he'd probably yeah. fare a little bit better down there if he was able to sort of boil himself down. But he's very effective at what he does in negating his opponents. You know, he reminds me a little bit of like a Bernard Hopkins who used to do that a lot with his opponents. He was able to negate everything they had. He didn't look attractive in doing it. But what he was able to do was very effective and he'd negate what the opponent had. If McKinson's able to keep him off, which we both doubt he's going to be able to keep him off, if he can keep him off with his skill, his lateral movement, his footwork, if he's able to do it, there's a possibility he might cause this huge upset here. But it's whether or not he can do that. I think if Virgil Ortiz cuts the ring off really well and he maybe gets past the first few rounds of, of trying to figure out what McKinson is trying to do in there, I think once he catches up with him, if he starts to land on him, then we will really get our questions answered as to whether McKinson's going to be able to, to, to hold up to it because you know he's knocked everyone out. He's knocked everybody out he's fought. And that's a huge statement. It's a huge statistic to have on your side. And let, let's be right, it's not like he's knocked complete donkeys out early in his early in his career, of course, yeah, he was fighting journeyman. 
his last three fights, no. You know, former world champion, Maurice Ocker, knocks him out. Do you know, Kavalowskis knocks him out. Samuel Vargas knocks him out. So to me, you know, these are the level of opposition that he needed to be fighting. And he's proved it time and time again that he's, he's an animal in this division. And I do worry that McKinson might not be able to keep him off. And if he can't, I think like you're saying, it's going to take him a few rounds, I think, possibly to figure it out. But I think he, he possibly figures this out quite quickly. And I think he, he eventually, I think he will dispatch of Michael McKinson. And I hate to say it because I'm a UK fight fan. I want to root for our guys. But the odds are really stacked against McKinson here. And I, I do feel like Ortiz has got the pressure on him. But every time he's had that pressure on him, he's, he's stepped up and he's lived up to the hype. And I think that's the biggest thing for me so far that Michael McKinson hasn't had. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the other part of it is uh, McKinson being a southpaw. Uh, I think that could be an element that plays in his favour. Um, my biggest question, I mean, I think both of us is the fact is, can he keep him off? Uh, you know, he has to survive, McKinson. I think he's going to have to fight to survive. I don't think the shots he's going to land on Ortiz are really going to push him back unless Ortiz has um, a weight issue, a really bad one where his punch resistance isn't as good. That's a possibility because he certainly will take one to get a few in. So, um, you know, I think the, the, the game plan is clear for Michael. It's about staying in this fight, taking him past the seventh, eighth round and seeing how he goes then. Because if he can do that, he may be able to switch this fight around, put a bit of pressure on and maybe survive the even just just go in the full 12 round, Sean. Michael McKinson walks out of that ring and people say, well, he's the first to take this guy to distance. Um, give this guy huge respect. So that you know, is it is it that game? You know, is it a survival game? I took I, I took all takes a bit further than you know I've taken further than anyone, and also um, caused him a bit of problems later on in the fight. That's got to be his game plan. I just feel that even with, with it as being a weight issue, even if he's, he's not been out the he's been out the ring for a while, the inactivity, um, I just feel that eventually the power will be too much and I think it could even be one of them ones where McKinsey's been put down two or three times and then in the end still maybe not completely sparked out but the referee just has looked enough and he's a bit like oh, I could have fought on kind of thing but Ortiz gets the stoppage late probably I'm going to go between sort of 10 and 12 I think it could go I think he will last that long I think he could and that will be a great achievement for Michael for me and if he, if he survives then fantastic if he wins this fight then yeah upset of the year hands down well, let's see what happens. In terms of predictions for me, I think I'm I'm going to go out on a little bit of a limb here and I'm going to give Michael a little bit more credit. People might say, well, you're not thinking about the reality of the record of Ortiz Jr. I think it's quite possible he could end up being the first one to take him the distance with that awkward style, with that style he's got. He's got the skills. Yeah, he's got the skills, exactly. He might not necessarily win and it might be a comprehensive one-sided victory for Ortiz. I do think he takes... I've got this feeling he takes him the distance. So we'll see. I'm going to go with the Virgil Ortiz unanimous decision and let's see how it pans out. You go for a knockout late on. I go for a UD for Virgil Ortiz. Both of us really are solidified with the fact that we think Virgil wins this fight. And yep. Michael McKinson, if anything, just takes a little bit. If he does it, as long as he doesn't get blown out of the water and he, he manages to, to sort of show competitiveness in the fight, I'm pretty sure that his stock rises massively anyway, regardless, and that he does end up going on to get some, some more good fights in this particular division. But my heart sort of says that 
you know, Virgil Ortiz does this, I think McKinson probably takes him the distance, and that that's sort of my assessment of the fight. So let's see yeah, who's a, let's let's see whose assessment comes <laughs> out on top here. Whether this knockout happens, it might even come in the first, second, third, or fourth round. You just don't know. <laughs> yeah, you just don't know how. Punch, I know <laughs> exactly. You just don't know how these things are going to go. Not. Let's see what yeah. happens, but it's a, it's a good fight. I'm excited for it. I genuinely am because I think it's a it's a it's a fight that we've got questions that we need answers to, and we're going to get them answers in the early hours of Sunday morning or on Saturday evening for you guys in the USA. And it is on the zone. Or if you are fans of our friends at Daz TV on Twitter, if you're following Daz TV on Twitter, go and check them out and make sure you check out all their available services to be able to watch all the best fights from across the world. So, on this undercard, just as a side note, Maurice Hooker is also fighting against Blair Cobbs this weekend. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, Murray Sockers on the card uh, as Blair, well. I'm just reading Blair Cobbs. He's the one that was giving it to uh, Spence Jr. when he, yeah. he got beat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the big bar on it, hasn't he? He's got the big throw. That's oh, the one. dear. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope Maurice flattens him. <laughs> well, ironically, Alex Martin is also fighting on the undercard. This is the same Alex Martin that Michael McKinson fought yeah. as well in, in his last fight. So quite interesting that that's happening as well. So that's the, the big fight of the weekend. But in the UK, we've got a nice little card going on in Sheffield, also on the zone on Saturday night. Dalton Smith fighting Sam Mason for the vacant British super lightweight title. This is a step up that we've wanted for Dalton Smith. He's fighting for the vacant British title. This is a huge title here in the UK in terms of you progressing on in your career. So for him to now get this opportunity to fight for it, it's brilliant. In terms of his opponent, Samuel Mason, I think Samuel Mason will take him some rounds. But if I'm being totally honest, all I can see is one-way traffic here. And all I can see is Dalton Smith systematically breaking him down and taking him apart because he's that type of a po- opponent that is going to be able to... He's going to make it easier, I think, 
for Dalton Smith. I think he's that got that style where I think Dalton Smith is really going to enjoy this fight, and I think he's going to put a statement on, and I think then we're going to start really looking at Dalton Smith again and, and where he goes from there. I mean, he's, he's, he's a hell of a fighter, and as he's progressed through the ranks, I've started to look at him and think, you know, this guy in the super lightweight division is going to be challenging these big names. You know, we were talking about the super lightweight division in our in our reaction show to, to Billum Smith and Isaac Chamberlain. We were talking about the type of fights that, you know, Harlem Eubank could be having. Dalton Smith, Harlem Eubank could be a potential fight in the future. Yeah. But he's got to get past Sam Mason first. It's a good fight. It's a good fight for him. Sam Mason, I can't say... He isn't. He's a. He's a good fighter. He's a good fighter. But he's his fights on his resume. You know, if you look at who he's fought, he's not really got that sort of resume that stands out to you, where you think, oh, this is a great step up for him. The guys that he's been beaten, uh, or has beaten him, is K. Prosper and and Luca Giacon. And he's lost to, to, to these fighters in his career. And, you know, he lost a, a little bit earlier on in his career to Michael Mooney. So he's not really got this sort of resume that screams out to the average fighter fan that, you know, he's going to present a real challenge to Dalton Smith. I think, if anything, Dalton Smith blows him away and just looks good in doing so. Yeah, I think I think you're right as well. I think um, Dalton should be winning this. I mean, look, if this guy wants, if he wants to move on, he's 25 years of age, he wants to push on in this division. This is the type of fight he gets. He has to just literally take take the fight to him and, and, and try and get himself to knock out. Look, I mean, the one thing you will say is that with there being a British title on the line, um, you know, that may inspire um, um, Sam O'Mason. I think it, it, that could, you know, he could put in a performance of his life and cause Dalton Smith loads of trouble. I don't think that. I think he's probably going to be pretty comfortable for Dalton and he should get the win. But, uh, you know, you never know. The British title in this division as well is uh, super light, but it, it is, it, you never know. Anything could happen. Um, but yeah, Dalton Smith for me, 100% Sean. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a good one. I mean, with it being Sheffield as well, that'd be a, always a pretty decent crowd up there. So, and, and with it being obviously on the zone and Eddie Hearn, then I had to put a show on. So um, I'm sure it'd be good atmosphere in there as well. Well, there's going to be a rematch on the undercard as Sandy Ryan looks to avenge her loss earlier this year to Erica Annabella Farias. She lost via a split decision, 97, 93, 94, 97 and 94, 95 were the scorecards. It's She wasn't happy with the performance after the fight. She felt like she won the fight. She's asked for the rematch. She's been able to get the rematch. And for this fight, they've actually put the WBC International Super Lightweight title, which is vacant up for grabs i know it's another rankings title but there's a lot more at stake in this fight and this return and because the depths of the the female divisions aren't so great it allows them to be able to push the platform very quick and i think this is an opportunity for sandy ryan to avenge that loss and also get a title on her resume which puts her in the rankings automatically and puts her higher up in the rankings to be able to fight for a world title in the future so i am genuinely looking forward to seeing how she has adjusted to avenge this particular loss yeah i remember the first fight actually and uh she was a bit gutted, wasn't she? I mean, she, she clearly was. And uh, so, yeah, it will be interesting to see how she can adjust and adapt. Um, she felt that she won the fight. So, um, you know, a revenge matchup is always an intriguing one. And I think it, I think it's got, it's got the possibility to have some fireworks, this one. I think she's going to be coming out guns blazing and hopefully get that victory and pick up that WBC International Super Lightweight title. 
Um, but, you know, it's one of them bogus titles. I don't think it's about that for Sandy. I think it's about putting uh, this fight right and uh, getting the win on her record. I mean, we've seen so many fights throughout the years. I mean, when you even just more re- recently with, with Conor Ben getting away with one and, and also a certain fighter called Campbell Hatton who lost the fight and got away with one who's on this card. So um, <laughs> Sandy uh, was a bit unfortunate. She didn't get it, but she's got the rematch. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping she can uh, get the win. But I'm, I'm expecting fighters. I think it's be a should be quite a good fight this one uh, but yeah maybe uh, you could jump in and talk about Campbell Hatton on the card Sean oh Campbell Hatton on the card well you know and you think somebody's sort of moving the career a little bit further forward and then obviously you, you think about like the level of fights he's been involved in he's got another guy who's sort of got like a bit of a 50-50 record so do you take that as a good step forward? You know, this is a guy who's fighting. He's Michelle Dufek, who's 34-23-2. So he's actually won 34 of his fights, which is quite impressive. Yes, he has lost 23 fights. But, you know, ideally, you think this is a pretty decent step up for him, really. Because I think, like, you know, we've... we've We've slagged him off. He definitely got away with one. We know he got away with one. That, that's, you know what I mean? That's a, that's 100% he got away with one. But to be fair, you know, to, to, to his opponent, his opponent, up until his last fight, up until the, the last fight earlier this year, he'd actually been on a run of about seven or eight victories in a row. So, you know, although he's got a really mixed record, actually looking at it, it's a, it's a, it's a step up in a lot of ways for Campbell. And I think this is what people including ourselves have, have been a bit critical of him is that you know he, he takes these he takes these sort of steps up and you know he looks at the lack of amateur career that he had and people kind of expecting him to to be like his dad was and he's blowing fighters away and he's knocking guys out and you know he's, he's looking at one of the best prospects we have and I think people are putting that much pressure on him that we forget that, you know, he needs to really build a good record. And yes, it albeit it'll be padded a little bit, and it's going to need to be because he does need the experience. Yeah, he got away with one. We know he got away with one, but it is what it is. It's boxing. It is shit when it happens. But at the end of the day, you know, he's past that point. He's moving forward. They're looking to take him in a, in a, in a step up in this fight. Which is it's a good thing for him, and if he can get through it, and he looks good in doing so, and he looks comfortable in doing so, then they'll just continue to slow burn him, which is the good thing. He's still a young lad at the end of the day. You know, in another three to four years down the line, when he's had about 15, 20 fights, that's when really, you know, you'll look at it and think, now he needs to be stepped up. When you've got guys that have got these extensive amateur careers, like you've seen with the greatest of, of amateur careers like Lomachenko with all these fights, you know, like nearly 400 fights. He was able to go into a world title shot in his second fight because of how much ex- amateur experience he had. Campbell Hatton doesn't have that. So you can't yeah. expect him to jump in and start going in with guys in his division, you know, that in the lightweight division that are going to be able to have all that experience and just do a number on him and just literally put an end to his career before it's even started. So I do feel quite passionate about it because I have been critical. Uh, I just want to see him do well. He's always going to have that pressure of, 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 of his dad, but I want to see him do well. He's a nice lad and I, I hope that 
to take the, the continued right steps forward for him and that he moves on in his career. But yeah, he's on the card. He's also on the card. Opie Price is on the card. Johnny Fish is on the card. Kieran Conway's on the card. Akib Fiaz is on the card. You know, it's, it's quite a stacked undercard, to be honest with you. But the one fighter I'm looking forward to seeing on this card is another cruiserweight in Jordan Thompson, who I have been saying to many people for probably about four years now, you need to watch out for this guy because when his opportunity comes, he's going to be a problem for a lot of fighters. And he's fighting on this particular card. He got a great knockout in April of this year in the second round. And he's looking to continue on and get that experience behind him. And I think it's not going to be long now for him where we're going to start looking at all these domestic fighters in the cruiserweight division. I could see Jordan fighting Isaac Chamberlain. I could see him fighting Isaac Chamberlain sooner rather than later. I think that would be a fight that will definitely come down the line very, very soon. I think Jordan's in a position, you know, at 13 wins on his record, 11 KOs. It's not going to be long before they start looking at them bigger fights for him. But he's someone I'm really looking forward to seeing on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I know you, you've you've uh, mentioned uh, Jordan before and and said that, you know, from what you've seen, he, he looks very promising. And I've seen a bit of him myself. He does look very... He's, he's another name in this cruiserweight division. We did mention that when you, when you spoke about him before, Sean. And look, it's, it's a great division domestically. And, and that's not, not a bad shout of Isaac once he comes back uh, from from his orbital bone, uh, having a sort of restructure on his face, etc. It's got to take him a bit of time by then. I wouldn't be surprised if Jordan's clocked up another couple of wins. Could be 16, 17, you know, by then. And even more knockouts on his resume. So, you know, that's not a bad shout at all. Um, Dijon, um, Dijon uh, Juma is another one. I sort of feel like he could uh, be a potential opponent for him down the line. But... Um, you know, it's great to have so many, so many. I mean, it it just helps. That's why when Lawrence O'Carley stepped up to his world title uh, opportunity, he took it with both hands because he had this cluster of talent we have in this division that helps these fighters. I mean, you look at the top four, top three, and and honestly, you know, these guys could all be world champions if they were given an opportunity at some point. Um, honestly, believe that because they are. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I think this nation is the backbone of this division i really do i think it it makes the division littered with so much more talent and when you see someone like jordan thompson i know he's 29 but he's still only 13 and 0 um it, it's just another great fight we, we're getting so many of them sean we had one just recently with bill and smith and chamberlain we've had more after that so um yeah it's just another name that i'm, I'm looking forward to keeping an eye out for me too. I am looking forward to seeing how he gets on on Saturday and where they take him from here. Some good names on the card. Obviously, a lot of it is for activity for these fighters, uh, but it's not a bad card. I think the you got to look at where we're at at the moment and, and what they're trying to promote. And obviously, some of these fighters like Dalton Smith, he, you know, he, he's being pushed really hard. And I think within another 12 months, if he beats Samuel Mason, which we anticipate he does, that he will be looking at them big fights in the super lightweight division. And I think the O'Hara Davises, the Lewis Ritsons, the Robbie Davis Juniors of the world, you know, these are the guys he's going to be fighting for. He's going to be fighting to take a name like that on his record. And I think if he goes on and does that, then we can actually start to get excited about the prospects of him fighting at world level. So it's not too bad of a card, but I think it really all harks back to sort of the main fight of the weekend. Obviously, Ortiz Jr. McKinson, for us, is the main fight. So I wanted to address the fact that we said at the start of the episode, we probably would have done a big fight preview for Hassim Rackman Jr. and Jake Paul. 
but that was cancelled due to an apparent issue with the contractual obligation over Hasim Rackman's weight. Hasim Rackman says that wasn't a problem, that his weight wasn't a problem, that they've just cancelled it and used an excuse to get out of it. Jake Paul, as confident as he seems to be, seems like he doesn't want to take any shit from anybody. It feels like he's trying to make some changes in boxing, as mad as that sounds. It's like he's trying to use his platform to make certain changes. I mean, he manages Amanda Serrano, and Amanda Serrano was making the defense of her featherweight titles on this particular card. The whole card's been cancelled as a result. I was genuinely intrigued to watch this fight, and it would have been the one we would have probably looked at as our main focal point of talking for this episode, but I thought we need to address it for this episode because it was supposed to be happening, and I'm genuinely interested to know what your thoughts and feelings are on, and obviously Jake Paul potentially fighting a legitimate fighter like a Hassin Rackman Jr., or even Hassin Rackman's former opponent in Kenzie Morrison, son of Tommy Morrison. I mean, Hassin Rackman Jr., Kenzie Morrison, you wouldn't have expected to see them types of names in the ring with Jake Paul, would you? No, you wouldn't. And um, I mean, the fact of the matter is, uh, it sounds, it does seem like there was some sort of contract signed. There was an agreement that um, I think the maximum limit was, what, £200 and uh, he weighed, was it 216 the following day or something? So he, he was quite, you know, high. And then, um, but then, um, uh, the, so the New York State Athletic Commission then declared it, they wouldn't sanction the bout unless it was held at 105 or something or other. So there was obviously this issue with the weight. Um, Ratman saying it wasn't. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, how many times have we seen fights before previously where guys have missed weight, but yet the, the, the challenger, whoever it, whoever it may be, still takes the fight in a way? Um, you know, you very rarely get it cancelled. So, um, you know, the fact that this... Jake Paul's there come out and you know he's, he's you know whether the, the state commission have, have, have decided to call it or not and and he's the one that's cancelled it whatever it is I mean it, it shows to me that you know he 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 wanted to use any advantage he had against Hasim Ratman Jr. who you know is a genuine fighter um so he wouldn't you know he's, he's of that mindset where I'm not going to go and take a fight against anyone that's even slightly over the contractual agreement which is fair enough you know look these fighters have to stick, you know, you're going to sign a contract, you've got to abide by it, you've got to stick to it, and he hasn't done it. So I, I sort of give him credit for the fact that he's decided, you know what, I'm not going to take this fight. But then on the other hand, I sort of feel that, you know, this is boxing, and at this moment in time, it just happens, doesn't it, Sean? It happens regularly that these guys come in overweight and the fights still happen. Um, yeah. But yeah, look, it is what it is. Um, I, I, I do wonder, I mean, he's sort of giving it, you know, first Tommy Fury now has seen Ruttman. Um, yeah. I think they're the two guys that genuinely are professionals. They're, they're in the business to be boxers. This guy's sort of doing the crossover thing. Um, and uh, But he's saying it's there for it, it is. But then on the other hand, of it, I mean, the Tommy Fury situation, I mean, that didn't happen because of his links um, with, with Killerhand. And then obviously, but yet Tyson Fury can sort of travel in between 
countries as he pleases. I think I think there's a, there's an element to this where I sort of, I, I don't really like it. Um, I, I'm I'm disappointed it's not happening because you know I think you know he's genuine as in Ratman and and if Jake Paul wants to be a genuine boxer then this is the sort of level he wants to step up to if he wants to be respected by guys like us who love the sport and uh, unfortunately he's not going to get the opportunity. No, I think the one part around the whole thing which really pissed me off was Mauricio Solomon, president of the WBC, saying if Jake Paul beats Hasim Rackman, he will be put into the rankings, into the WBC <laughs> rankings. And I'm thinking, what, 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 what's going on? What is this all about? <laughs> like, the guy has, that would be the first legitimate boxer he'd fought. That would be the first guy with a competitive record that he will have fought. So how can you justify putting him in there just because of his sort of pull within the social media world? Is that why you're doing it, Mauricio? Do you know, I'm just, in, in a way, I'm glad it's Maybe. not happened because it, you know, if Jake Paul did that and he did go on to win, then you'd be looking at a really strange concept of and a precedent. A precedent will have been set if he did that, Mauricio Solomon. If he put him in the rankings, if he beat Hasim Rachman, then you're going to get other YouTubers that are going to cross over and are, are going to think that actually. You know, we can do this too. I mean, look at Jake Paul's brother. Just going off on a tangent for a moment. Jake Paul's brother, Logan, has actually signed as a fully-fledged WWE superstar. And he recently competed at their SummerSlam event just this past weekend gone. And you know what? He actually looked pretty good. I did actually watch it and I saw him and I thought, wow, you know, this guy's quite athletic and he really has put his heart and soul into it. So it does kind of make me wonder if, if that's what his brother is doing. And Jake Paul saying he's serious about the sport of boxing. When do you start taking him seriously? Or do you ever take him seriously because of his transition? I think you can take him seriously if he beats legitimate fighters. Legitimate yep. fighters with legitimate records. That's when I will take him seriously. At that point, yep. I will take him seriously as a genuine contender, as a genuine guy. Absolutely. Yeah, you can't, it's like, you know, you, you can't be genuine in anything unless you actually fight a professional. I mean, that's in any sport. You know, you can't be a semi-pro football team and um, beat, just because you've got a huge following and beat semi-pro teams and declare yourself one of the best fighters around or, you know, one of the best teams around. Look, it's, 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 you, if you're moving into the professional game, it's a sport. Boxing is a sport. Uh, some people may not like to see it as a sport. It's, it's a very physical. It's a you know it, it's hard to watch sometimes, and that's why we love it. We do. You know we give these guys huge credit. I give anyone any credit that steps in the ring, no matter what level you're at, whether it's the first fight as an amateur, whether you're fighting on a charity event. If you've got the balls to do it, I've got utmost respect for you. But the fact is, is don't be bragging yourself or make yourself this, that, and the other, and you know, we with the Rockman Jr. And, and Tommy Fury and them two, the fact that them two fights have folded, it makes me think that maybe he's not that serious because why have they folded? He should have fought one of them by now. And it's easy for him to turn around and say, yeah, they're the ones that have backed out because they don't want to face me. Can't just fight a genuine guy. Go and fight Ali that beat up Kornacki. Go and fight that fella. Because I tell you what, I think he might bust him up. And he's got a big fat tire around his belly, but I bet he causes him some problems. <laughs> you know, if you want to be, it's true though, if you want to be that kind of guy, and you want to be active. I mean, look, it's, I get it. You know, it's it's, a, it's not the same way. It's a different way. I don't think, well, I don't even, do you know what? I don't even know. What weight is he? <laughs> what weight does he fight at? Is he a cruiserweight then, is he? Yeah, I think he's cruiserweight, yeah. So he's a, he is a cruiserweight. So that's why obviously the 200 pound limit come into play. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but, but Hassim Rotman, is he, is he, I've, I've always thought with my head, I'm thinking he's a heavyweight because yeah, of the fact he is. Is, is that, yeah. So he's had to boil himself down. So obviously he's trying to take advantages here. Look, I, I, I don't, look, end of the day, Jake Paul, mate, if you want to be a genuine cruiserweight, I mean, take on some of our boys we were just speaking about, you know, 
Go, go and take on a Jack Massey for the IBO. See how good you are. You know what I mean? If you want to prove yourself, you know, you got all these followers, do that then. You know what I mean? Just because Rotman's, Rotman's name, that's the only reason why you were taking him. And only because, you know, Fury only fighting him because of his name. It, I'm not going to take this guy seriously, Sean, until he fights a legitimate professional that has been in the game and fought at least 10 fights or whatever it is, even seven pro fights, whatever it is, and he beats him. If he beats him, then yeah. Don't start sticking him high up in the rankings because of it, though. You know, he has to build his way up like any other prospect. Like all the guys we speak about on this show that are working their nuts off to get themselves into this position. And, um, you know, they're fighting on dog average cards. I mean, you look at Isaac Chamberlain, who's fighting at Crystal Palace before he fought Billum Smith. I know Bournemouth ain't that much bigger, but, you know, in front of the, the cameras and that, that was a big night for him. You know, he had to really work hard to get himself into that position. Same weight class as Jake Paul. But Jake Paul, just because he's got this following behind him and he's, he's, he's you know, no eyes on it. But fight genuine. Be a professional. You want to start giving it to old Barry McGuigan and give yourself, make yourself all the big bollocks, then take a pro fight and then we'll, give, we'll, we'll respect you for it. <laughs> yeah. well there you go that is definitely rant of the week for this week isn't it for the big fight preview episode <laughs> love it I knew it. we had to speak about it we absolutely had to speak about it because you know it was supposed to be happening it's not happening and I suppose just want to take the last few moments to mention about the card that we haven't spoke about yet just briefly go into the SSE Arena in Belfast Paddy McCrory is fighting Marco Antonio Periban massive step up for him at 13 and always looking to fight a world title challenger Tyra McKenna and Chris Jenkins is a really good fight on that card. Paddy Donovan's fighting. Michael Conlon is returning to the ring against Miguel Mariga this weekend as well. So there's a card there that I think people will be interested to see the outcomes of some of them fights on there. So that is all the action over the weekend. But it all boils down to what we've covered for this episode. The big fight, Ortiz Jr. and Michael McKinson. Is Ortiz going to continue this amazing run of form that he's on or can Michael McKinson actually spring a big upset because that's what it'll be it'll be a big upset if he does do it and it'll be really interesting to see the outcome of this and I'm excited for it it's, it's a genuine 50-50 fight in my eyes albeit the av- the averages sort of go towards Ortiz Jr but I do think yeah. it's more 50-50 than, than, than what most people are saying so Let's see, let's see what happens. I'm excited for it. I am. I'm genuinely excited for it. I think it's a great fight. I'm happy that this is the main fact that we've covered for the episode. I think for everybody that's listening, let us know what you think about the fight. Who's going to win? Give us your predictions. Let us know on Twitter at BTR Boxing Pod or let us know on the Facebook page, the Instagram page or the YouTube channel. Please do let us know what your thoughts are on the Ortiz Jr. McKinson fight. And your thoughts on Jake Paul. Do you agree with what Johnston is saying? Do you agree? You can't take this guy seriously until he beats a couple of legitimate fighters. I think he's very right in what he's saying, but I'd love to know what everybody else has to say about it. Johnston, that's it for us. That's it for this episode, the Big Fight Preview for this week. It's been a pleasure, as always, to sit down and discuss all these upcoming fights. And I want to say a big thank you to everybody listening. A big thank you to the patrons of the podcast. Thank you so much, as always, for supporting us. And we will be back very, very soon. We'll be back with a Big Fight Reaction show. We've got the Legendary Night series continuing. Episode 5 just dropped this week, the tale of Liston versus Clay. Episode 6 also comes out next week. It's going to be a great one, that. Please make sure you tune in for it. 
That's it, fight fans. Thank you so much, as always, for listening to us, and we'll see you next time. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatt rocks the world. How do you like it? Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.